0: Today is the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels. That's our feast day that we celebrate each year. And typically, we hear the story of Michael fighting the dragon. You may have missed that this morning. That's all right. We had some good stuff in its place. Instead, we heard this morning from Genesis, that incredible story of Jacob's ladder. And to tee that story up just a little bit, because I love the context, Jacob is just going about his regular life. Jacob, as you know, is a twin. Jacob and Esau, Esau had already gotten married. Jacob's father Isaac sent him away to essentially go back to their old home country to find a good wife. And Jacob is simply on the way. And he stops to have a nap, as one would do. And he has this incredible vision, this vision of a ladder in which angels are ascending and descending. He dreamed that that ladder was set up on earth, on top of it, reaching to heaven. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not even know it. This is a great story. The imagery is incredible. But for me, the most impactful moment of this story is, the Lord is in this place and I did not even know it. For the last couple weeks and for the next couple months, we're talking about God doing a new thing. We are talking about remaining open to what God is doing What God is saying and how God is trying to work through us. I hope that you all have been looking a bit more for God, trying to feel and respond to those little nudges that God may put on you. Today's story from Genesis is all about awareness because Jacob was simply having a nap. Now I don't know about you, but I've always desired to be a napping kind of person, but I can't really make it happen. But I know people who do nap and they are so much happier for it. And so if you are a napping kind of person, know that I really appreciate the sort of comfort and rejuvenation a nap might give. We like comfort. I think all of us in this room like to be comfortable and we may make choices in our lives, choices that set us up for essentially a comfortable path in life. But being comfortable, although it sounds pretty good, is a bit risky because comfort can kind of lull us into a pattern of being and behaviors that can keep us from hearing something new, can keep us from being able to sense what God is doing in our lives. You see, change in life is inevitable, we know this. There's nothing we can do to prevent change in our lives, but we can sure try to ignore it as best we can, and we often do. And this, this is where we're invited into something a bit more faithful, invited into a life that is not uncomfortable, except I would love for us to take a little step closer to being uncomfortable with how comfortable we typically are. In other words, to be faithful in the discomfort of life because it's in those moments when we are pushed off balance just a little bit That God can actually use us to do new things. Now, When we talk about new things, we can jump directly into the gospel lesson that we just heard from John. John, as a gospel writer telling the story of Jesus wastes no time. In this first chapter of John, he goes from in the beginning was the word to John the Baptist, and now Jesus is calling his disciples and we're like 40 verses in. John is rushing into this because the call of the disciples for John is so critical. Jesus has been put on earth for a purpose. And he is getting to it. And he begins to call the disciples. And we've got a few stories before today's reading about Jesus calling a few of the first disciples. And then he calls Philip. And then we get to today's reading where Philip has told Nathaniel about Jesus. And Jesus sees Nathaniel and he says, hey, here's a really good guy. You look like a solid person, really excellent. And Nathaniel's response is, you don't know me. And I think... How often might that be us where Jesus tries to get our attention, sees us, and maybe even feels that praise? You look great. You could do good things. And our response really is, you don't know me. We can often resist what God is trying to do because in a sense, we like what's happening. We like our lives we like the predictability of who we are and what we do and when jesus tries to call our attention we may resist at first but then nathaniel looks upon jesus sees that divine in his eyes and immediately recognizes that god is doing something new and he says yes John continues with the calling of the disciples, continues with the story of Jesus expanding his circle. But all the while, although there are amazing, faithful yeses by people like Nathaniel, Jesus is teaching these people how to follow him. Over and over again, Jesus is simply teaching, and they are learning. Learning how to follow Jesus is actually what we're all supposed to be doing. Learning how to follow Jesus is what we all do every day as disciples. How have you tried to follow Jesus this past week? If we were to pass out some paper and I were to ask you to make a list of all the ways that you have chosen or tried to follow Jesus this week, what would you put on that list? Or perhaps a better question is, would there be a list? Yeah, there are many ways in which we sort of just get into a pattern of being, into habits. And some of those habits are good for us. Many of those habits are probably not so good for us. And those habits define the way that we act Sunday to Sunday. Between the Sundays, we can often act as if the Sundays aren't making a big difference to who we are and who we are becoming. I have a friend who responds to compliments in a very interesting way. And I don't know about you, but compliments tend to make most people like a little uncomfortable. It like gets nice. We're always, I know I try to teach my children when someone pays you a compliment, just say thank you. Don't try to tell them if they're wrong about their compliment, which is so many of us. Um, someone says something nice to you, thank you. That's, leave it at that. Well, a friend of mine will respond to compliments in a different sort of way he will most often say when someone gives him a compliment, all to the glory of God. And although I being such a genuinely nice person will often make fun of that kind of response, (laughs) I actually think there is of power in the way that those words shape him. And I wonder if we might just think for a moment, what if when someone paid you a compliment like, hey, there's a good guy, if rather than saying, you don't know me, or even something polite like, thank you. If you began to understand that the good things that we do are all to the glory of God, what if you said something like that and made that a habit in your life? How would that change who you are and what you see about yourself and the way that you put yourself out there in the world? Today is the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels, and that's typically a day when we talk about all of the good things that we have done in our history and who we are, and yes, there are good things in our history. We spent all last year talking about our anniversary and all of the things that we had done in the first 75 years, and we can be proud of who we are as a congregation and what we have done, but we do not stop there. We do not simply look back and think, man, we are good. We pivot toward the future. We use that to inspire being even better in the future. We have an opportunity to pivot toward that future, to not look back and say, the good old days were X, Y, and Z. Don't do that. As disciples of Jesus, we are being called into something new every day. And that call into something new invites us to imagine who we can be and who we as a church can be in the future. Our actions shape who we are, our choices of what we do with our time and our talent and our treasure shapes what we can do and who we become in the future. As we learn how to be disciples of Jesus, I have a suggestion about how we can start to make that sort of change in our habits every day. How do we say yes to Jesus? How do we start? Well, fundamentally, we give. We give of our time like showing up to worship even when it may not be that convenient, or to Bible study, or to prayer group, or to book club, or whatever that is as part of this faith community. Showing up even when not convenient is a way to give your time over to God to let God begin to make changes in your life. We give our talent We actually show up and do work, not just for our own good, but to make a contribution to this community and through this community out into the world, even if the time and the talent may not be stuff that we think we have enough of. And then we give our treasure Yes, I'm talking money, people, and we often skip over that because we tend to think, well, I do come and I pray, and maybe I do make a contribution in my talents, but we are meant to give our treasure too. And when we give our money, We are actually giving over that thing that in the world means so much to us that it can begin to define us if we are not careful. And so giving that over and giving over enough to make a difference in the way that we live is actually how we begin to shape who we are and who we are becoming. God is doing something new here and God is doing something new in each one of us. I'm asking you to get uncomfortable with how comfortable you are. I'm asking you to consider how much more you can give in all of those good ways. I'm asking you to change the way you act, because when you change the way you act, you will change the person you are. We are all learning how to be disciples. Every step we take in our life, every day we say yes to Jesus, we reshape who we are in the way God made us to be surely the Lord is in this place doing something new in us. And so let's make sure everything we do is always to the glory of God. Amen.